Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. better part of the remaining hours for the year of our Lord 2023 I am your voice this is Anthony Heron on Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score this is the Bears post post show on the score the final post post show of 2023 after the Bears down the Atlanta Falcons over at Soldier Field final home game of the season Bears came out on top 37 to 17. You just heard Zach Zayman and Jim Swantz taking you through post game coverage here on the score. I've got you for the next 90 minutes, taking you up to Sunday night football coverage here as the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers will get it on. You'll be able to hear that game right here. And then we should know by the end of the evening, by the end of the night, we should know before the end of the year. Maybe that's the most apt way to frame it. Uh, when the Bears play next weekend. I think the, the, at least my information is that the anticipations at the NFL by the end of the night will make their decision and their announcements on next weekend's games, whether or not the Bears, as they travel to Green Bay to face the Packers, will that game be on Saturday? Will that game be on Sunday? Will it be a noon game? Will it be a 3.30 game? We're, we should know all that partially based off the results of the game this evening in Minnesota with a couple of seven and eight teams doing their thing on the field of play. A couple of the teams that play in the division with the Bears. And just think about it as the Bears sit at seven and nine right now. And uh, we know what happened in the opening game against Green Bay. We certainly know what happened in both games against Minnesota. Opportunities for the Bears to have potentially taken down the Vikings twice this season. So both those squads at seven and eight, Detroit Lions have run away with first place in the NFC North, but the Bears, and we saw the the graphic that CBS ran towards the end of today's broadcast at 7-9, the Bears in the hunt, where, uh, where they've been for the better part of the, the last uh, few weeks here, but that's where they are. And, of course, the storyline coming out of the action at Soldier Field today, Justin Fields, the team as a whole, certainly credit to to Matt Eberflus, the squad as a whole, but the amongst a variety of very enticing very intriguing, uh, very tantalizing storylines with the Chicago Bears at this point in the season. Justin Fields leads that conversation. His efforts today, 20 out of 32 in the game, 268 yards, a touchdown pass, 
also 11 carries in the game for 45 yards, a touchdown run as well. And Justin Fields, he he told the media a bit this week just about some of the expectations that his head coach, Matt Eberflus, sort of assigned to him essentially as he was returning from that dislocated thumb on his throwing hand. And he said he pretty much hit him with the number 200. He wanted him to account for two touchdowns, no interceptions, and I think the other one was, what, no sacks or something like that? But two zero zero, two touchdowns, uh, no no turnovers, no sacks. It was something along those lines. But So he got the two. He did get sacked today, but he was able to protect the football. But a touchdown run, a touchdown pass, well over 300 yards of total offense in the game. And not every quarterback is cut from the same cloth. Not every guy is stylistically your, your classic or your traditional quarterback. But that being said, we're seeing what Justin Fields and Luke Getze have been able to grow to at this point in the season. And as much as Justin Fields was able to carve up the Atlanta Falcons from within the pocket today, I mean, Atlanta came in, and I know a lot of us, we started talking about this final stretch, this the seven-game stretch that Justin Fields had as he was returning from injury and the schedule that he was going to face and you know how easy some of these teams were supposedly going to be. But then when you go through some of the defenses, like the Vikings have been one of the best defenses in football, and he's seen them a couple of times here. The Detroit Lions lead the division. Certainly the defense not the most impressive from Detroit, but beyond Detroit, that Cleveland Browns defense uh, amongst the best in football, especially on the road in Cleveland. And now the Atlanta Falcons. A lot of folks don't realize the level of defense the Atlanta Falcons have been playing coming into this matchup, coming into the game today at Soldier Field against the Bears. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not here to tell you that the Atlanta Falcons are the Purple People leaders or the 85 Bears or anything like that, but it's a team that have been playing a high level of defense. They were coming off a performance last week against the Colts where they had six sacks uh, in that game against Indianapolis. They had held... Uh, what was it, the last, what, under 16 points. For the last five games, Atlanta had held opponents under 16 points in those games, under 200 passing yards for the last four games for the Falcons. So this was a defense that had been playing at a high level. This is a defense that, especially in the red zone, was limiting teams on third downs, been one of the best third-down defenses in football throughout the entire season. So not only the Falcons just being a team that came into the game at 7-8, and eight, just a game under 500, their playoff hopes on the line, and Taylor Heineke, uh, you know, a guy, a journeyman-type quarterback, went through his, you know, went through the ringer a bit coming out of college, you know, group of five, FCS-type school, got into the NFL, did a few nice things in Washington, and now had an opportunity to see if he could put back-to-back quality performances together in starting for the Falcons. And the Bears defense did to him what the Bears defense has done to a lot of quarterbacks here now. We've seen this Bears defense over the last couple of months where they spent the majority of the game when they faced Jared Goff a couple of times, frustrating Jared Goff. And then that two-minute mode would get together and Goff figured some things out. Uh, Same with Joe Flacco where they were completely befuddling Joe Flacco until the fourth quarter. And then Joe Flacco looked like the, the Super Bowl MVP quarterback that we had seen earlier in his career. That wasn't Taylor Heineke today. Taylor Heineke, 10 out of 29, 163 yards, three interceptions, and the Bears secondary, again, just taking the football away over and over again. And this wasn't the best Bears pass rush, the most dominant, most ferocious Bears pass rush that we had seen over the past month here. 
But what I liked about the Bears' pass rush was the fact that when it got into the fourth quarter of the game, because you could tell, Arthur Smith and the Falcons' offense, their game plan coming in was to get the ball out of the hands of Taylor Heineke in a rapid manner. Didn't matter how many receivers were running open, just running naked down the field, as, as we say in defensive pilot. Look at that guy running naked. You know, essentially just meaning the guy's uncovered. Uh, the, the you know, Bears dropped a couple of coverages in the game today. Taylor Heineke was not trying to keep those eyes down the field. Taylor Heineke was getting rid of the pill, man. He, he was not trying to hold the football and be under duress from that Bears pass rush. But that's a part of when you put excellence on film, it, it makes opponents adjust to that with their game plan. Or just think about some of the complaints that we've had about you know Luke Getze and game plans or even Justin Fields and his execution when the Bears have faced really blitz-happy teams, the, the way that Tampa Bay put their exceptional blitz on film before they faced the Bears or facing the Vikings a couple of times, that ferocious blitz that they put on film before facing the Bears. I'm like, man, what, what is up with this game plan? Why, what's with all the screens, Luke? Wait a minute, Justin, well, how, how, come, how come you can't hold it a beat and, and find that guy who's running scot-free down the field? Well, when you, when you face defenses that put certain things on film that make you go in with a certain mentality that impact the game plan of the opponent, then that's what can happen. The offense can go in without feeling like they have their full arsenal available to them. So it can make you uncomfortable stepping onto the field. And that was the Falcons' offense today. You know, not that Taylor Heineke is going to be some world beater anyway, but he definitely stepped onto the field against that Bears defense uncomfortable today. And a lot of that due to what the Bears have put on film defensively as of late. And so that that certainly is a credit. Not only the the excellence, the production that we saw at Soldier Field today, but what they've been doing lately is now impacting the way that opponents game plan against them. Not only just saying, man, we, we got to figure out a way to block this Montez Sweat guy. But beyond that, you got to figure out a way to block multiple Bears defenders. And you know that secondary is going to blanket you in coverage. And so you sort of, you know, the, the Falcons basically acquiesced the deep ball. They said, we got a screen, we got a quick pass, we got to dump it off and just kind of survive offensively. And that's a great position to be in. As a game planner for Matt Eberflus, a defensive play caller and a head coach, when you step onto the field and you know now you're starting to see that opponents aren't willing to try to run their full playbook against you, the Falcons aren't the best offense in football. So, I mean, if the Bears are facing the the Chiefs or something like that, then, you know, the the Chiefs wouldn't be acquiescing in the same way that the Falcons did today. But that's the thing because you got to measure this thing in reality. So we shouldn't look at the Bears' defense and say, well, okay, these, these are only some bum offenses that they're shutting down, so they don't deserve credit for it. Think of what the Bears were the first month and a half of this season on defense, what the first couple of months of this season were with the pass rush. Like They've been good and then fairly quickly became great against the run this year. Like the, the run defense has been good and then became exceptional throughout the season. But beyond that, the takeaways were non-existent. The pass rush was a rumor, was a myth. It, it was a mystery wrapped in a riddle, trapped inside a conundrum. How come no one is near the quarterback? And now we've seen what this Bears defense has become. The growth and development on that side of the ball at all three levels, getting healthy in the secondary, getting healthy at linebacker, getting better on the defensive front, and then adding personnel to a young group that gained more experience and has now become better playmakers 
So this Bears defense, the the Falcons came in almost feeling defeated coming into the game because aside from a 75-yard screen pass that got out the gate, there wasn't a lot that they were able to do in the first half against the Bears D. So that's a credit to Eberflus. That's a credit to Justin Fields. And I think for for the Falcons defensively, they haven't played at the level that the Bears have and just overwhelming their opponents in the way the Bears defense has at times overwhelmed opponents over the last couple of months here. But it's a good Atlanta defense. Justin Fields and the Bears offense, not as much with the run game. Khalil Herbert got out the gate a couple of times today. Obviously, the the 38-yarder and a couple of of runs on first and 10 where he was able to turn the corner. So it, it was a good Bears ground attack today that had a couple of chunk runs that, that got out the gate. But this certainly wasn't the most dominant Bears offensive line, just like moving people off the ball, rolling that defensive front from Atlanta and opening up consistently gaping holes. We've seen the run blocking of the Bears offensive line executed at a higher level than what we saw today. But this was one of the better pass protection efforts of the Bears offensive line, especially in a game where they didn't dominate you know, just the snap-by-snap against the opposing front seven. They weren't just pushing everyone around like we've seen them able to do a few times this season. But the pass protection, especially when the Falcons didn't blitz, Justin Fields had time in the pocket. He looked comfortable, composed. He got to where I I remember coming in, uh, you know, after the Denver game, and I was talking about, you know, whether it was – I don't remember if I had a post-post show after the Denver game, but certainly on Monday – on the score and in appearances and following that week, even though the Bears were 0 and 4 at that point, that Denver game was was what I highlighted as a turning point. And I've tried to remind you guys of that repeatedly throughout the remainder of the season here, where something finally clicked, where Luke Getzey said, "All right, here's let, let's get to a game plan with with constant movement of the pocket, a few called QB runs that gets the legs of Justin Fields engaged, that forces the opposing defense to have to honor him." have to honor his athleticism and his playmaking ability in an enhanced way versus just leaving him in the pocket as this sort of stationary target because that's at this point in his development, that has never been what he's been consistently adept at or special in that regard. But what we saw against Denver was similar to what we saw today in far more difficult conditions to throw the football, to pass the football as a quarterback. We saw him with the comfort he had in the pocket today moving defenders with his eyes, feeling the confidence of the time he had back there to begin to manipulate defenders at the second and third level. And that that comfort, that confidence came through in the way that he threw the football. I mean, from jump, that first beautiful pass he threw to D.J. Moore and and using D.J. Moore in the slot. Love that from a game plan perspective and the fact that Atlanta just wasn't able to, to really find or showcase any answers for it. And they continue to go back to it and get into attack mode Unfortunately, you know, DJ Moore has gotten banged up this season, so it was another game today where he got a bit banged up. So as you got into the second half, he wasn't able to be as effective. Cole Komet came into the game banged up, weren't able to really get anything out of Cole Komet. Credit to him for trying to gut it out and at least dressing in the game and playing the role that he was capable of playing. But it was nice to see Robert Tunyon able to be a part of the offense in the way that he was, catching the ball cleanly, three grabs, 40 yards for Tunyon. But on the whole, DJ Moore, especially – when you grade it through the lens of knowing the, the issues that his lower body has had as of late, nine grabs, 159 yards in a game that he was targeted 13 times and that opening touchdown pass, it's, it's a fun combination. And to, to hear, and you know, uh, basically, uh, all the, also, by the way, shout out to 
my friends, Chris Lewis, Ross Tucker, guys I've worked with a lot in years past who I, who I know and, and enjoy, have a lot of respect for, and like them both a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know Devin McCourty, but I thought their crew had a nice combination of information and fun and storylines. You hear Ross on this station a decent bit, whether it's myself or others just having him on the show talking bears and getting his thoughts on things. So he, you, you could hear some of that knowledge coming through with Ross Tucker, just knowing the storyline of what's kind of on the line for Justin Fields and, and the perception, the, the opposing perceptions of Justin Fields in this city of Chicago and the very pivotal offseason that's on the way here for Ryan Poles and the Bears. And the thought of the No Excuses Tour that came into this season, I – I, I have some thoughts on that, but I, I will I will take a time out here in a moment, and I'm going to get out to the phone lines as well because the phone lines, of course, are lit up at 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. But the idea of the No Excuses Tour is, is something that, that a lot of folks have used that phrase on this station and other platforms as well, and I, I've got some thoughts on, on the No Excuses Tour and and what it means now, how it impacts some of the decisions that go into this coming offseason for the Bears. But certainly want to hear from you also. But the, the game today just continues the conversation. I, I don't know that what we saw today makes it any easier. I don't know if it makes it more difficult to, to presume that all decisions have already been made, even though there's still data points and evidence to collect over the, the final weeks of the season and the final week or two here. Is, is, there, is there a concept? Is there an idea? Is there a lean either way? That, that's obvious. I'm sure that with all the data points that have been collected now nearing the end of year three of Justin Fields, nearing the end of year two of Matt Eberflus, it would, you know, it would be silly to think that Ryan Poles, that Kevin Warren, that they don't have some idea of the direction they plan for things to go over the offseason here. And it is, of course, now solidified with Carolina losing another game, that the Bears will have the number one pick in this coming NFL draft. They secure that from the Panthers as Ryan Poles made the trade from last year's number one pick, brought in DJ Moore. And so the Bears will have the number one pick and they will have their own pick, wherever that ends up being, as now a seven-win team opportunity to become an eight-win team if they take down the Green Bay Packers next week. So there's a lot on the line. Man, these are good problems to have. But they are still very pivotal decisions. And what I would term, I believe they will be very difficult decisions. I would say made even more difficult by what we saw at Soldier Field today. 312-644-6767. Just wanted to get you my, as I usually do here on the Post Post Show, get you my initial thoughts, my initial reaction to what we saw in the game today. I will hear from you as well. My guy Leo started her on the ones and twos for me throughout the evening, taking you up to Sunday night football coverage. Your call. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Calls next on the Post Post Show on the score. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy five-game home winning streak for the Chicago Bears. Finish the home slate five and three. They get the win 37-17. Anthony Heron on 670 the score. That was a cute little way to... Send everyone into the uh, into the new year, I suppose. Oh my guy Chris Lewis of CBS Sports on the call there. We'll count down. We actually we executed a countdown after the game ended. Um, the the Greek New Year. Ha- Happy New Year to, to all my Greek friends out there. My guy Lou Canellis and others. Uh, so I think at four o'clock here Central Time uh, in Athens, Greece, they rang in the the New Year at midnight. Uh, so we, we just went ahead and rang it in with the Greeks because, of course, uh, my son being a six-year-old, he's not going to be awake at midnight. My wife and I will probably uh, stay up, even though i got to get up and do a morning show on Sirius XM Big Ten Radio. But we decided to go ahead and, and ring in the new year at 4 o'clock with the, with the Greek calendar just to make sure we got it in. We'll see what happens after I, after I get back home a little bit later. But uh, Anthony Heron here on the Post Post Show. But, yeah, shout-out to everybody in Greek town and everybody who's listening in and enjoying from all over the country. Hope you are prepared for a safe and a happy new year. I got my little uh, my little happy new year crown on right now. If you saw me post my image on, on Twitter a few minutes ago, at Big Ant Heron. But, as promised, let me get out to the phone line as well. I've certainly got some more thoughts, especially on the, the No Excuses Tour that I want to reference in a bit here. But 312-644-6767. And uh, I want to make sure that you have your opportunity to share your thoughts as well. Some folks who've been on the line for quite a while. So let me get you go. Let me get you folks in the discussion here. I see Jody out in Northbrook. Jody wants to talk about what he saw from from Justin Fields today. What's up, Jody? Hey, well, Jody's not a he. Jody's a she. Thank oh, you for okay. taking my call. My apologies, and Jody. Yeah, happy I New Year to you. No, no worries. You don't hear too many females. On right. Me, so I appreciate it. Um, anyway, I am a Justin Fields fan all the way. I think he's great. He's got a great arm. He's got great legs. But he needs the people around him. So, you know, draft someone like Marvin Harrison Jr. Get him an O-line. And one thing that I don't hear too many people talk about, at least in the last hour, is uh, he need, people blame Justin for a lot of things. And I think we need to get rid of Getsy. I think Luke Getsy's got to go. I think we need another offensive coordinator. I think a lot of the things people are blaming Justin coordinators problem. I'll give you some, I'll give you an example. Okay. You're on the two or three yard line. And instead of pounding for four plays forward to the end zone, they'll do something like pitch the ball backwards <laughs> or call a play that's horizontal or something stupid like that. And it's almost like his forward button is broken on his controller. I mean, come on, let's, you know, so if you're calling some stupid plays, you're going to have some, you know, bad results. 
But I think, you know, if you watch Justin today, and you watched him passing, you watched him running, you watched him getting away from from defenders, you just, you got to be a Justin. I like it, Jody. And, um, you know, a lot of you have probably heard me recount some of my concerns with Luke Getze throughout the season. I do think he's gotten better throughout the year. That's one of those things that, that tends to get overlooked and underappreciated when there's so much newness that's a part of the franchise right now. Not only an inexperienced quarterback, but then, you know, last season when you bring in Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze becomes the offensive coordinator. You have a first-time head coach and a first-time NFL offensive play caller. So they needed to be evaluated. They needed to be developed as well. Now, are there folks in position to sort of coach the coach? Not really. You know, when you're the head coach, you're kind of at the top of the food chain. You'll have a, a general manager and other decision makers in place to, you know, maybe pose some questions to you about some decisions you made with the lineup or decisions you made with some game management and strategy, things of that ilk. But, yeah, the head coach, a lot of it kind of comes down to on-the-job training as you kind of figure these things out as you go. Now, as an offensive coordinator, a lot of you have probably heard me say this at some point, after week one, of this season, I said, man, Matt Eberflew's got to go have a hard conversation with Luke Getzey because it was so mind-boggling, the game plan we saw in that opener against the Green Bay Packers after seeing the way that Justin Fields and the offense as a whole came to life for a stretch last season once they got him on the move. And then you spend the whole offseason doing what they did. And uh, for some reason, not only the opening game, but the first, let's call it month of the season, it was a very stationary Bears offense. And then once they got to moving the pocket, you know, adjusting the launch point, getting some call QB runs going, then we, we saw the Bears offense start to come to life. We also did see, of course, Justin Fields have to leave the lineup with an injury. That wasn't because of some call QB run. That was he held the, the football for quite a while in the pocket, ends up taking a hit as he's trying to extend the play. He lands awkwardly and dislocates his thumb and has to miss over a month of time during the season. But that being said, I think Luke Getze has gotten better. But as I've said a few times in the post-post show here, when I've put the question out to, uh, to you folks, the, most of the city seems out on Getsy, which surprises me a bit. I'm not saying folks are wrong about it, but when I pose the question about, you know, Eberflus, Getsy, Fields, where are you at, who do you think should come back, where, where do you kind of put the pecking order of things, majority of the city seems out on Getsy. The, the Fields conversation, you know, is, is still rather split. And, of course, I'm sure many of you have heard the reporting that was out there for me in Rappaport yesterday saying that momentum, I suppose, to, to sort of paraphrase a bit, seems to be moving towards Matty Bufloos returning next season as the Bears head coach. Now, if the Bears would have gone out and laid an egg today and then laid an egg next week against the Packers, then I would say that those additional data points would probably be a factor in that. The Bears haven't made any official announcement about Matty Bufloos returning next season. I, I'm going to... I'll, I'll talk through a few of the scenarios that that still factor into that as well. But I want to I want to let you guys talk a, a bit also. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We got Richard who is out in Country Club Hills wants to talk about what was seen from Justin Fields as well. What's happening, Richard? Hey, partner. Uh, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year, Richard. <laughs> Jody kind of took my a little thunder there, but here's what I think. I'm a Justin Field guy, and. For you Justin Field haters, he's going to be here next year. So, therefore, saying that, what I would like for them to do is trade anywhere from one to five. You got three wide receivers, Ohio State, LSU, and Washington. 
You got three, three. Uh, okay, get one of those. Get one of those receivers. Receivers. Now, can you imagine, DJ, uh, one of those receivers, and and our tight end. My, my, my. Get us an offensive lineman that, that, that give Fields a little protection. And with those uh, picks that you got from that trade from one to five, we on our way. You know what? That that sounds enticing. It does, Richard. It sounds very enticing. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. in here. You pair him up with DJ Moore. And, man, I've, I've been such a, a Darnell Mooney advocate since the, the first game he played. When you think back to the the rookie season of Darnell Mooney, that was the the COVID off season where there were barely mini camps and there was no preseason, and a, a lot of the the structure of things didn't allow you know a lot of legitimate contact over the off season and going through the preseason phase of things. So Darnell Mooney stepped into that opening game on the road in Detroit, having really not taken a live rep in the NFL, whether in practice or in a preseason game. And he didn't have some huge game. I think it was maybe three or four catches for, you know, 20-something, 30-something yards or whatever. But from from jump, from game one, I was like, man, this Darnell Mooney guy is really impressive. Fifth-round pick, too lame, but he just seems really smooth. Catches the ball with confidence, quick in and out of his breaks. The straight line speed is obvious. Seems really mature and and composed. And I really thought, man, the future seems bright for Darnell Mooney through the first couple of seasons of his career. I think that that arrow continued to point up. Then you had last season where there was an opportunity for Darnell Mooney to to show that maybe he could be a number one receiver. I think many of us felt like that was that was likely to be a bridge too far for Mooney. But with with a volume of catches and opportunities, how how great could he maybe become? And you know, it was just it was going to be asking a lot. And then you have the injury, and he misses the bulk of the year. I don't know that he's physically back to who or what he was, but obviously it's been a down year for Darnell Mooney, some of it because of him and, and having some drops. And, you know, just his frame doesn't allow him to be really physical through the through the catch point. And even after the catch, he's quick and shifty, but he's not a real physical after-the-catch runner. Again, it's fairly obvious because of his stature. That being said, though, I think Darnell Mooney is still going to have a long NFL career. But then without Mooney on the field today, there was an opportunity for Tyler Scott. And Tyler Scott has, has had some chances this year. And he's just a rookie. He's going to be around here for a while. And I like a lot of the physical traits he brings to the table. But, man, we just we haven't seen Tyler Scott come up. When, when given the opportunity in some big moments here, you think back to the catch the first time the Bears played the Lions at the Silver Dome, a perfect pass from Justin Fields that could have iced the game and for whatever reason, he's not tracking the ball well. He kind of slows up, stumbles during his route a little bit, and then the ball is just beyond his fingertips in a, a, a throw that, if caught, could have iced the game that first time against Detroit in the first game Justin Fields was back in the lineup. Today, that pass in the back of the end zone that that the you know that is caught by Tyler Scott but is not a reception because he doesn't get both feet in bounds – I don't really know why he jumped on that one, but he did in the back of the end zone. He leaps, one foot taps in, the other foot lands out of bounds. So that could have been a touchdown grab on third down. You think back to third downs today from within the pocket, that first pass on third and goal to DJ Moore, touchdown pass by Phil. Several other times on third and long from within the pocket, uh, you know, precise passing there. That one, 
Really nice ball he threw to Tyler Scott in the back of the end zone. Scott jumps for some reason, lands out the back of the end zone. And then that strike that he threw, I was talking about him manipulating defenders and moving coverage with his eyes from Justin Fields within the pocket, threw a BB down the field, would have been a 30-plus yard touchdown strike to Tyler Scott that he drops as he's laying out in the back of the end zone. So there have been some opportunities for Tyler Scott. So to the caller Richard's point about getting another receiver in here, that was going to be a part of the conversation the entire time either way. But there hasn't been a receiver not named DJ Moore that's made a case this season to say that, you know, you don't need to find somebody to come in and supplant me on the depth chart. So additional pass catching help, yes, I would agree, whether it's Justin Fields or another quarterback in, some additional pass catching assistance will be, I think, probably towards the top of the priority list for the Bears heading into this offseason. Going to continue taking your calls here at 312-644-6767. The phone line's absolutely lit up. Folks want to talk Bears, want to talk certainly Justin Fields and their thoughts on what the Bears should do. Now that we know for sure they will have the number one overall pick in this next NFL draft, Carolina Panthers go down today. And as far as the Bears' playoff hopes, we'll get into those scenarios a little bit as well. The Pittsburgh-Seattle game is a part of that formula, but I'll give you the details as far as what I understand of them for the Bears' playoff hopes actually at the moment still being alive with one game for the Bears remaining in the regular season. We'll get into all, all that and get more of your calls here at 312-644-67. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 67, this is Anthony Heron. I'm taking you up to Sunday Night Football coverage right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. Yeah, I mean, I heard it. Uh, you know, it was great. You know, ever since the moment I've got here, uh, the fans here have been great, you know, to me, to the team. I was saying somebody in there like last year when we didn't have a good record. I mean, they're still showing up, you know, late in the season, cheering us on. So um, Chicago Bears fans, you know, definitely number one in the world. And, um, you know, just know I love y'all. We love y'all as a team. And 
um, you know, they're always great. So uh, definitely very appreciative of them and, um, you know, how they just supported our team all year. Anthony Heron on 670 The Score. The chance of We Want Justin were ringing down at Soldier Field. Pretty cool moment to uh, to hear the guys on CBS talk about it a bit on television. I'm sure those of you who were there in person probably enjoyed that as well because there were some some truly magnificent moments from the Bears quarterback from QB1 on the field today. An exceptional performance by Justin Fields. Over 300 yards of total offense, no interceptions, couple of touchdowns, and just some scintillating plays, avoiding pass rushes, and also some absolutely exceptional work with his arm as a passer as well. And Leo Stoddard, he played the the sound from Justin reacting to some of that. Justin Fields' teammates were asked about that a bit in the locker room afterwards as well. That, to me, the it's one thing to for Ryan Poles, for Kevin Warren to – you know, monitor whatever social media chatter or the discussions on this station and others, but actually they're in the stadium. They're in Soldier Field with a, a six-win team, a team that's six and nine, but Bears fans being as invested in this team as they are, knowing what's on the line, and frankly knowing the the passions that have been a part of this discussion the entire time, to hear that, in the final home game of the season, to hear in the midst of that game where Justin Fields is playing so well and to have the crowd at Soldier Field chanting that, chanting his name and chanting, we want Justin. I don't believe that Ryan Poles should base his decision off of that. I don't believe he will or that Kevin Warren and whatever influence he would have in the decision would base it off of that, you know, sort of one moment in time from the crowd. But just like we've all been been watching the now nearly three years of Justin Fields as a Bears quarterback and seen what at times has been a roller coaster in his productivity, the Bears fans have been watching that. Bears brass recognize what Bears fans have been seeing from that quarterback. And it does matter. Like It seems to me that that, that would not likely be completely ignored and just cast aside by them either. Ryan Poles has talked frequently about how important the chemistry of the locker room is to him. And frankly, aside from bringing in Chase Claypool, and I've talked through the, the details of that at the time where he did that last season, just in it, it's the only real, I would say, move that, that's been made perhaps out of desperation by Ryan Poles, and he's even addressed that publicly just in what went into the factor into that at the moment of saying, all right, I've seen enough from the quarterback to feel like, man, he – he could use some help here. Justin Fields last season earned the opportunity for some some more talented playmakers to be added to the Bears offense. So Ryan Poles took the swing to add Chase Claypool into this, even though the reports out of Pittsburgh as far as his, his attitude and you know what, what he could be within the locker room and, and the negative influence that that could be, knowing that he still added Chase Claypool into it and it didn't work and they moved on. And the, the passing on Jalen Carter – in this draft cycle for what at the time was a young and and still is a a young and impressionable Bears locker room that's in the process of building something together. Ryan Poles places a big value on that, on the intangibles. And then you add in the, the tangible of Justin Fields, the physical abilities, and then, yes, also the productivity. 
that is not there as a pocket passer on a weekly basis. But today is is another example of what that can become. While at the same time, here's the formula that Ryan Poles will, will have to sort of balance as he's weighing all these things because you have a locker room that is continuing to give a full-throated endorsement of their current quarterback. And, I mean, you know, it would, it would be odd for the guys in the locker room to say, yeah, it's time to move on from Justin, man. Let's get, let's get one of these rookies in here to see what they got. But, you know, they, they could be a little bit more sheepish about it, a little more like, man, that's, that's not my decision. That's up to the guys above me, and, you know, I, I just wish the best for these guys moving forward. The locker room is completely behind Justin Fields. That doesn't mean some other rookie couldn't come in here and make something happen. That doesn't mean that whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels, that doesn't mean they couldn't come in here and win guys over. That would be part of their task. They would need to. If the Bears move on and draft a QB at number one, then yes, their task would be to come in and win the guys over. And I, I think, you know, DJ Moore is a legitimately good person. And Cole Komet is a legitimately good person. These are the offensive linemen. They would, they would find a way to rally behind the rookie. But you got to factor this in. And Ryan Poles will factor this in and then make what he feels is the best decision for the Bears. But especially if Matt Eberflus is returning next season, the Bears will have now been in the process of building something together. And Justin Fields has obviously been a huge part of what they have been building towards. So it's a huge opportunity this offseason to continue to set this franchise up for success moving forward. Part of that opportunity will be with the number one pick. If Ryan Poles feels like there's a quarterback in this draft that is worthy of the number one overall pick, not only would, in my opinion, would he need to say this is a guy that's worthy of the top pick from a developmental perspective. He's got sort of the, the, phys- the requisite physical, mental, emotional traits to develop into something down the road. But it is a season next year, especially if Matt Eberflus comes back. But frankly, it'll be year three for Ryan Poles. Like Ryan Poles being in year three with what he has now begun building this roster towards, there will be expectations of at least the playoffs next year. Do you want to put that in the hands of a rookie QB? It wouldn't be blasphemous. It wouldn't be unheard of. But I tend to err on the side of presuming rookies will struggle early because most rookies tend to struggle early. A lot of rookie quarter, most rookie quarterbacks don't come into the league and lead teams into the playoffs or especially on some deep playoff run. It has happened. It has certainly happened. But that, that's where we get into the congruence of if you have a coach in year three, are, are, you, are you in a position where you can really have the team maybe take a step back with a rookie QB? No. Now, Justin Fields' overall record as a starting quarterback, it's unimpressive. I think what was today, his 10th or 11th win or something like that. So it's not like Justin Fields has done a lot of winning. But that goes to the point I was making a moment ago where there's a lot of lumps that this roster has taken together. Think about that that just fantastic run that he made where free rushers are coming from all angles on third down. I think it was a third and eight, and he evades one guy and shrugs off another guy and just feel goes darting up towards the sideline and, and just runs into the Bears' sideline very calmly and coolly to move the sticks for first down. And the way that that entire sideline lit up, and I'm not a trained lip reader, 
but Jaquan Brisker immediately is jumping into Justin Fields' face, like seemingly yelling to me, like, you are QB1. You are that dude. You are him. I can only imagine all the different things that were being uttered, but the way that sideline lights up when this guy makes a play, it, it does remind me quite a bit of the time I spent in Atlanta with the Falcons and the way that, and yes, there are going to be passionate feelings about Mike Vick on both sides of things because of the dogfighting scandal and everything else, and he served his time for that. But that was a locker room that loved Mike Vick. Like Every time Mike Vick did something big, whether it was a run or a pass or just had one of those magnificent highlight-type moments, we would all just jump off the sideline and lose our minds because we enjoyed what Mike Vick meant to our team, what he meant to the city of Atlanta, and what we all felt like we were in the midst of, of experiencing together because Mike Vick was a moment in the NFL. And there have been times where Justin Fields has been like the guy and the moment in the NFL. Certainly want more consistency, and we saw good examples today of what he does within the pocket. I'm of the impression that development will continue, whether it's here in Chicago or elsewhere. Because, yes, he does need to continue developing the way he sees the field, the consistency of his reads and his accuracy from within the pocket. But everything I've known about Justin Fields and every step of his progression, of his development, I think that development will continue. While at the same time, I sit here and I tell you on December 31st, or yes, December 31st, as we get ready to close out 2023, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to hammer the Bears if they do decide that they're going to bring in a quarterback with the top pick in the draft. The the issue is there's not another position in sports that's more difficult to evaluate than quarterback and whether or not a player will have success at at the professional level. And then once you find one, and I'm not here to tell you the Bears have found one of the all-time greats in Justin Fields, but they have found someone who has shown he can be highly productive in the National Football League and is now in a stretch where he's shown he plays winning-level football in the National Football League, protects the football at a much higher level than he did earlier in his career, makes plays at a very consistent clip as well. Now just he's starting to do the mundane better also. Think about all the examples of just him dumping the ball off to Roshan Johnson and to Robert Tunyon after reading the field, not just on called screen passes, but scanning the field quickly and then just getting it out of his hands, getting it down to playmakers. In the same game where you also see him throwing strikes down the field to DJ Moore. So his development is obvious, is apparent. It hasn't completely happened at the clip that makes it an obvious choice, in my opinion, for the Bears to keep him. Man, to, to, let, that, to let that talent, that ability, that production walk out the door for the unknown of a rookie in the NFL draft, that, to me, will be a difficult proposition for Ryan Poles. But again, I'm, I'm not at a point where I would hammer him for doing that. And to the caller, Jody, who we had on earlier, we'll get back to, to some more calls at the top of the hour here. As I've talked about a lot, I do think Justin Fields has been hampered by the development of Luke Getze, or some might frame it as the lack of development from Luke Getze. I think Luke Getze is a better NFL play caller now than he was last season or even earlier this year, and he has finally gotten more consistently to calling the game in a way that suits his quarterback and his offensive line. And I think the more consistent production has come in line with that. But some big opportunities here. Some 
some good problems to have, some high-dollar problems to have for Ryan Poles because it will be a difficult choice for him. And now it is official that the choice will be between the number one overall pick in the draft and what he does at quarterback. I wouldn't even completely rule out that he would keep Justin Fields and draft a quarterback. Now, that wouldn't necessarily be the the, the most useful you know, sort of uh, way to, to have your resources dispersed at QB. But I, I wouldn't take that possibility off the table either. Because when you have a quarterback who you've seen do the things currently in the NFL that Justin Fields can do, whether you're a coach or a talent evaluator, that is not an easy thing to just step away from. But that is, of course, why Ryan Poles makes the big bucks to make that crucial decision. If you step away from Justin Fields while he is seemingly ascending towards being one of the better quarterbacks in football, for a rookie, you need to be really confident that you're getting that rookie in. You don't know anything for sure, but, man, you, you got to feel really strongly about a rookie quarterback you're going to bring in from what we've seen, not only today, but a variety of different times from Justin Fields in the time he's been here in Chicago. Wanted to talk through some of that based off a couple of calls we've taken so far. That's the last break I have until I get to Sunday Night Football coverage. So I'll take this time out. I will come back at 312-644-6767. I see Sean and Bill and Mike and John and Kelly and everybody else out there on the phone lines. We get a bunch of calls in when I come back here. This is Anthony Heron on the Post Post Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 